Okay, we are live. Okay, uh, welcome back to. I really should look at what episode we're on, but I'm saying episode six, and if it's not episode six, it is episode six. Well, if it wasn't before, it is now. But exactly. yeah, um, as you, as <clears throat> trying to get back to to regular scheduled programming after um <laughs> a couple of weeks off. The international break. That's what we're calling it. The, the wing in the international break you, you never know when it's gonna end <laughs> but yeah um so we're back uh tottenham is doing free fall uh arsenal are third Mug. and uh apparently apparently colchester are better than spurs <laughs> who would have thought it Mug. Mug. Oxford. <laughs> Mug. <laughs> i said oxford i support arsenal bro <laughs> yeah oh, of course you do there we go Glo- glory hunting Arsenal oh. are in third, are they? Oh, oh, brilliant. Oh, really? Okay. But yeah, um, so we are... I don't even know where to start. It's been a while. Um, well, let's let's just go from this Sunday. Um, so, Oli beat PSG. He was at the wheel, you know. Nice Mercedes. <laughs> now, I think he's at the wheel of um, a, a car that has no engine, tyres, or just... Yeah. Energy. I, I think his face is all over the windscreen. I mean, that's what's happened. Uh, well, at this point, you you would have thought so. Um, I mean, Newcastle, really? Do you know, I watched that game, and that has got to have been the worst game of football I've seen from a Man United side in a very, very, very long time. And I saw them get corned by City 6-1. Um, but that, that was just dire. There was no passion, no fight, no ideas, no creativity. It was it was awful. I mean, I've been. Uh, do you know what it is? Obviously, I've I've I watch a lot of football, and um, obviously, I'm I'm only 23. I was born in 1996, and I remember when Fergie took a team that included like Fabio and Anderson to Arsenal and beat them two one. Uh, I remember. And, and the team that they put out yesterday has has more ability than than that team did, and it just seemed. I think it's the manager. It's either that, you know, he's been he's been in the job less than a year, and it just looks like he's lost the dressing room, because they just look like they're out there to get paid. They don't look. There's no passion. They're, the only person, the only person I could I could probably say I had a bit of passion about him was McTominay. Yeah, he's got passion, but not much else. I know he scored against Arsenal. Let's not hide from the fact it was a deflection. But <laughs> it, it, he he did score against Arsenal. You know, he is a bit of a bright spark in terms of you know he's one of the better youngsters that has emerged under under Solskjaer but to be honest there's there's just such little competition for places and you you are right you can take a substandard team and get them to perform at a, at an above average standard if they all work hard and, well, and I mean, they, if Charlton got promotion anyone can do it oh okay cool I mean, <laughs> do you know what that's alright I'll take that I'll take that. We, we we got promoted through hard work, dedication. We definitely didn't have the best team. So. And the fact that Sunderland are pants. Well, they're, they're, they're good until they get to Wembley. And then they, they crumble like a biscuit. Did, did you not see them lose 2-0 to Lincoln City at the weekend? I did. I did. But I also saw them beat Burnley 4-1 and absolutely crucify my accumulator. £740 on one result. And it was Sunderland beating Burnley at Turf Moor 4-1. The thing is, I think what was it, the Carabao Cup? 
It was the Carabao Cup. Obviously, Burnley and Sunderland are not in the same league. Yeah, no. It's like, it's like comparing Real Madrid and Arsenal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ow. <laughs> did you not see Real Madrid's result against Club Rouge? <laughs> Hold uh, on. We're talking about Club Rouge, but let's, let's talk. They're, bro, they're still top of the La Liga. They're still top. Yeah, only because Barcelona have become the ultimate bottle jobs. Uh, I don't, I don't, they lost like 2 0 to Granada. So, right, they're putting the pressure on. They're doing the Tottenham, bro. Well, uh, Tottenham. The, who, who are Tottenham putting the pressure on? Newcastle. Tot- Tottenham are putting <laughs> the pressure on Poch, mate. That's what they're putting the pressure on right there. The, the, weird, the weird thing I don't understand is I was, I was reading Sky Sports today. Poch has been under this much pressure, this and that, players not performing. You would have thought international break, you're welcome, the players that haven't gone away. It's fucked off Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> to, to be honest, he's probably negotiating a deal to join someone else. He's um, definitely negotiating a contract at Man United. Do you know what? Like, and, unless he's going to be given a substantial amount of money, I think... I think, I think like the league of Solskjaer was given in the summer. And yeah. It, the, right, this is the ironic thing that makes me laugh, right? So, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the Kaku plays against PSG, wins them the game with goals in the summer. He sells it. Does he bring in a replacement? No. Has he got the quality in the forward line to, to do it, to, to finish anywhere substantial in the Premier League? No. Is he going to spend in January? Probably not. Because if the results keep going the way that they are, the United board are going to look at him and think, right, are we really going to give this guy money when the results have been this poor so far? What happens if we give him money and he goes out by his way but underperform again? And then we're stuck with him for the next manager when he comes in. It's, it's such a difficult situation, but for me, uh, I should never have taken a job because he's, he's, you know, he's been in over his head since he took the job in the first place. To, to be honest, he was he was a bit of a fan's choice. That's that's what he was. He was a familiar face. He was gonna, you know, bring back the United way, so to speak, the class of '92, um, and and really lift the kind of cloud that was building under Mourinho. But it's 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 just not it's just not panned out at all. Um, I'm just not sure who who the, who who, they, who who are they going to bring in, and and look at it in a, in a different way. Who is going to want to take that job at the moment with, look, with look, that current set of players? Who's going to want to take that job unless they're given a substantial war chest? Looking at it from from an abstract point of view, look at the managers that are currently available. Jose, he ain't going to go back there. Um, Allegri on a sabbatical. Um, Pochettino has still got. A long-term contract, and I think it was only last week that he came out to the press and said I could be at Tottenham for another five yeah, years. Yeah, five years. Yeah. So, do you not really? Who who can they bring in? Fergie, well, David well, Moyes. Did available are people that they have sacked. Yeah, for real. Allardyce could bring Kevin Nolan, Kevin well, Davis, JJ Kotcha. To be yeah, to be fair, um, Kevin Nolan's been heavily linked with the um head coach's role at Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal, West Ham. No, oh, late annoying. Oh my God, it's been a long day. Um, I mean, you got there in the end, but I think it'd be uh, a big improvement as the head coach of Arsenal. Well, you know, one team sitting third, and I don't even know where Spurs are. I didn't, I didn't read the bottom half of the table at the weekend. Uh, well, I'm not a Spurs fan, luckily, um, and I didn't read the bottom half either because it's a sad, sad, sad state of affairs for us at the moment. Well, I mean, to be, I, the only thing I do know is that um, Newcastle are now one point behind United. <laughs> yeah, I see that. And, and to be honest, they, they deserved they deserved to win that game. 
All, I'm, all I'm going to say is Newcastle's results this season. They lost 1-0 to Arsenal at the start of the season and they've since beat Spurs and Man United. Thank you, Newcastle. Solid. <laughs> Solid. It's, it's, they're, they're a feeder club to you guys now. The one, thing, the one thing is just unbelievable to me is the fact that, you know, Arsenal fans, Arsenal fans are always, the, the fan base is always split because there's always people that are back the management or they just don't like him because of whatever, whatever reason they can come up with. And um, we're third in the league after eight games. And we're only a point behind City, who are supposed to be this gargantuan machine. Yeah, not beaten, but they've they've dropped points to Wolves. Yeah, um, Wolves deserve to win as well. By the way, um, I think they I think they set up really well. Um, who else did City lose to? City dropped points at Spurs. Well, at City against Spurs, they drew two all. No, they were they were robbed by VAR. Let's well, robbed. They were correctly reprimanded uh, by VAR. Yeah. Let's, let's have it right. Yeah, I mean, speaking about VAR, West Ham at well, the weekend. Hold on. Let's just rewind very quickly because I love the way that you were only one point behind Manchester City. Let's all forget the fact that you're nine points behind Liverpool who are actually top. So oh, if you're ambitious... Yeah, well, who's right, actually going to catch Liverpool now? Well, definitely not Arsenal, um, and possibly City. Um, but it'll be it'll, it'll be hard. It'll be hard. I can't see Liverpool. They've got one. Points. They've got one fit centre off. How how are they expected to catch City? Uh, sorry, how how do you expect them to catch Liverpool? They've got Fernandinho, who's arguably their best centre midfielder. Um, I know you're going to sit there and argue and say, "What about De Bruyne?" But in terms of in terms of an all round game, it's Fernandinho. Well, I think Fernandinho will offer a lot more defensively than De Bruyne will. Um, De Bruyne has already registered eight assists in the Premier League this season. Um, so they, I think... They won 8-0 against Watford. That doesn't count. Well, I mean, you can only beat the teams that are in front of you, right? Or you can only lose to the teams that are in front of you. Uh, City's best hope is to outscore the op- opposition. And, and they're quite capable of doing it. But every now and then, you will get a result that's unforeseen. Um, such as Spurs losing to Brighton, which I'm glad we glossed over. Um, we no, we no, we haven't even got there yet. <laughs> we haven't even got there yet. <laughs> Don't worry about that, because I know you'll have plenty, plenty to say being part of the goalkeepers' union. Uh, no, I didn't see it. Uh, it was offside. Uh, I did not see it. Oh my god! I, I didn't realize we had Arsenal Wenger on as a guest. <laughs> hey, that's all right. I'll take my jacket off just for you. <laughs> but no, I mean, I mean, looking at it, looking at it, honestly, I think what are Liverpool nine points clear. They're eight points clear of City, nine points clear of Arsenal. So they're eight points clear now. Um, let's say, let's say hypothetically, City go unbeaten for the rest of the season, right? Yeah. City beat Liverpool home and away. That's six points. Yeah, yeah. There's still a couple. There's points. only a two. There's only two. There's only a two point difference. Yeah. A big injury hits or. Um, Liverpool slip up after the after January, which they normally do anyway. Um, I, I, City could City can get back in the race. It's it's feasible yeah. for them to get back in, but I I just do you know what it is? I can see at least a hundred million pound being spent in January by City. It, it depends who's available. That's the thing, isn't it? You, you're going to need to spend it's a, available a, to City. Yeah, no, I get that, but then they're available at you know much marked up price. Um, the difficult thing for City, I guess, is that 
the gap isn't going to close anytime soon. We've got the international break, so it's going to stay as it is. And then Liverpool's first game after that international break is Manchester United, so it's another three points. Uh, that's 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 like if I was United at this point in time, I, I, I would probably just turn around to the league and, and just give them the three points. Yeah, do you know take, what? Just take the three nil loss. Just report our owner, um, demote us uh, from the Barclays Premier League, and, and we'll start again in in the Championship. That's what United should do. That's but, that's the level of squad they've got at the moment. That's that's pretty much that's probably their only feasible option at this point in time. <laughs> um, I mean, I just I, the thing I don't understand is how can how can so many players be injured at the same time? It's just it's been so baffling to me over the past week. I was just sitting there thinking, like, is it the way that they're training? Like, are, are they training too hard, getting injured? It just it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. I think it's more down to the character of, of, of the players, I guess. Look, obviously, these injuries are part and parcel of the game. Some people are more injury-prone than others. Uh, it can strike at any time. It doesn't really discriminate um, unless you're Andy Carroll, and, and in which case you're always injured. But, you know, I think if you're in a team that's performing well, the morale's good, you, you, you don't get injured. And when you are feeling a little bit of a twinge, you play through it because you're enjoying your football. And and when you don't enjoy your football, that little hamstring twinge that you've got, it, it just, you know, kind of ex, exponentially grows to, to the point where you, you, you don't want to play. You don't want to play. And Yeah, I mean, to be, to be in, in Andy Carroll's defence, he does, he does run about 20 races at Newmarket every year. So <laughs> that's probably where he gets injured. But no, I mean... United, United are gonna struggle. Um, I don't personally, unless they win the Europa League, I don't even see them in Europe next year. I really are don't. You, are United gonna qualify for their group? It's looking highly unlikely at this point. I mean, it took their nil-nil draw. They had no shots on target. But they were had a clear Stonewall penalty. They still had no shots on target. Yeah, um, I mean, to be fair, it took them 77 minutes or something to score against Astana. Uh, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Trusted, the fortress. The Theatre of dreams because everyone that's there is sleeping because the football is dire. Well, no, under Fergie it was a theatre of dreams. Now it's the theatre of nightmares. Yeah, snooze fest. Every because every every United fans probably had at least one nightmare there in the last season. But yeah, do you know? I do need to say I do need to. You know, it's not necessarily Man United related, but. The fact that they scored four goals against Chelsea at the start of the season reminded me. Um, I want to shout out Tammy Abraham because I absolutely abused him at the start of the season. I couldn't see where Chelsea were going to get their goals. He had missed a penalty. He didn't perform very well in, in his opening games. But, you know, here we are. Beginning of October, he's got eight Premier League goals to his name. He's got more than Harry Kane. He's got more than Marcus Rashford. He's, you know, the top English scorer. I don't know if he scored as many as Sterling. I think he's got more Premier League goals than Sterling. And he, he's he's actually doing really, really well. And it's it's good to see. I mean, one one thing to follow on from that, um, if Tammy Abraham scores two more goals, um, he will match Marcus Rashford's best ever season in the Premier League. Oh, wow. Which is just incredible. But... Um, yeah, moving moving on from from the Manchester clubs, um, I did kind of want to. I wanted to kind of talk about Spurs and, and Brighton at the weekend, and I, I mean I'm 
being being more serious now, you know. Jokes aside, um, Brighton deserved the win. Agreed. And not through Spurs' performance, but through their own. This is one thing that really frustrates me. Everyone's like, ah, ha, ha, yeah, look, Tottenham lost their shit, this, that, and the other. If you watch the game back, Brighton were on Spurs. Every time they had a touch of the ball, they were pressing. As soon as they had the ball, they were pressing the ball, trying to win it back, trying to make things happen. So it wasn't necessarily, you know, and obviously if you if you lose your teammate to a horrific injury, as Tottenham did, it is going to knock their confidence. You know, their mind's not going to 100% be on the game. They're going to be worried about their teammate. Um, but, you know, Brighton, Brighton quality. They, yeah. deserve, they deserve the win. I, but, I agree with that. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't vintage Spurs. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I think Tottenham contributed to the outcome of the game, but Brighton absolutely. I think the new managers got them playing much uh, more attacking and attractive football. It's taken a, a few games to bed in, but one person I want to pinpoint was their young striker. I think his name was Connolly. Yeah, he, Aaron Connolly. He he was everywhere. He was fast. He was aggressive. He was good on the ball. He was direct when he had it. He scored a couple of goals. I think he, I think he's been called up into the Republic of Ireland squad. Yeah, you got you got to shout him out for that because his first Premier League start, um, youngest Brighton player to ever score in the Premier League, and he's now been called up to the uh, Republic of Ireland squad. Yeah. So and credit where credit's due. Eight more goals. He will match Marcus. <laughs> Best season in the Premier League, wasn't he? There we go. <laughs> Every day's a school day. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, to be fair, we, I don't even want to get onto Marcus Rashford too much because I do feel a bit sorry for him that he hasn't had the supply and he hasn't had the support he's, he's needed. But um, the comparison with his goal record and, and Nicholas Bentner's is um, kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting because Lord Bentner gets crucified uh, for being shall we say, less than adequate in front of goal. But actually, Marcus Rashford, in terms of goals and games played, their records are similar, um, but Bentner's is a little bit better. Uh, but because Rashford is younger and he's English, keyword there being English, he gets a lot of leeway. And he's, he's you know, burst onto the scene. I remember he scored a couple of goals against Arsenal and yeah, you had to throw that one in. Do, do you know what? It's just it's just the first time I ever remember him him scoring. I'm sure he must have scored before that, but it, yeah, I he scored such, against. Such I think his first his first goal was against um, Michelin in the um, Europa League. There you go. So his first proper goal that counted was against Arsenal, and he scored two of them. Yeah, um, hilarious. <laughs> but he's he's just he's just not up to not up to scratch, and and I'm sick and tired of. You know, people and players, I guess, getting, not getting away with it because, you know, at the end of the day, he's he's trying, he runs about, but he's he's not actually very good. He's not a natural goal scorer. All he is, is very fast. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I've had numerous conversations about this and I, I, I even sat with my friends in the pub yesterday and I was saying to them, I was just going through each player in the Man United lineup and I was saying, well... If you look at the Man United lineup, I would say nine out of 11 players that started would be in the championship had they not have come through United's youth squad in some way, shape or form. I can't dis- disagree with that. Obviously, De Gea has not been amazing, but 
you know, he's he's probably one of the two that you would pick out and say, you know, he he belongs at a high level. Um, out out of interest, who who was the other? Was was Dan- was Pop- Daniel, Daniel James? James, yeah. Interesting. I think his impact at United has been has been okay, uh, better than I thought it was going to be. But he again, he, has, not... he has been the one flashlight in a very dark tunnel for United this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at you look at the lineup. I think they started the Hayering goal. Um, I think they played. Who did they play they, right back? They played Grandpa Young. No, they played um, Diogo Dallo. Oh, Dallo right was back. right back. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. had Twanzebi and Maguire at centre back with Ashley Young at left back. Then they had um, McTominay and who else? I know Pereira was there. Pereira was playing uh, right midfield. Uh, I can't remember, but yeah, it was um, McTominay played in midfield. Uh, Matt was behind Rashford. Um, and the yeah, obviously they had James on the left. I can't think of who the other player was now. Tomanay and Matic, maybe. I don't know if Matic played, but Matic is uh, a shadow of the player he was at Chelsea. Obviously Sanchez no longer at United, but he was it's, a shadow of the player it's that he was. It's kind of incredible that as soon as Mourinho left, Matic just become a skeleton. Didn't run, yeah. tackle, shadow of the player he used to be, and um. Let's, let's not get started on Paul Pogba because he frustrates me so much because if you watch him play for France, he is one of the best players in, in a very, 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 very capable French team. But for, for Man United, it's just it's just never clicked. He, he, no, with, with Pogba, he picks when he wants to play. And when he wants to play is normally when he's with the France team. Because he knows that if he messes up, he will get taken off. There are people there that are more than capable of replacing him in that in that France team. Whereas with Man United, they look to him as God. That he's their talisman. He is their like record signing. And he's, even when Pogba's fit, he needs to be benched. But it's it's just not going to happen because of the. the the severe lack of depth in the United team. Yeah, plus the financial investment in him as well. Uh, you know, obviously United are keen to. To be honest, from from my point of view, United have already made that money back in sponsorships and certain shirt sales alone. They've made back the money that they've paid and and more. Um, but you know, I just, let's just move on from United because it's just I'm getting you know it's boring. I'm, I get tired watching them. I'm getting tired talking about them as well. It's just, it's no, just a boring you. these days. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, so moving on. Um, VAR flashpoints this weekend. There we go. West there were a few going. interesting calls. <laughs> so, first one was, um, it was Albrighton on um, Mane in the Leicester game. Yeah, the penalty that was uh, was was soft. It was justified giving it because contact was made. Yeah, there was contact. That's the if, the, if the decision was left down to the referee, the penalty is not given. Do you know what I don't understand? I don't understand this kind of clear and obvious error rule because I've seen instances where there has been a clear and obvious error and it's been overruled, but then I've also seen 
you know, kind of situations where there hasn't been a clear and obvious error and it's been overruled. So so I don't I don't really understand what, you know, clear and obvious error actually needs to be in order for it to equate as a clear and obvious error. Um but but I you know, I think it's difficult to say that the virtual assistant referee got it wrong because there was there was contact, but was it a penalty? You know, pro- probably not. It's <laughs> It is. It is very difficult. Um, obviously, I think it, it. The thing is, the decision, the last, the final decision, is always with the referee. Um, VAR can only advise, so it is the referee making the decision to award the penalty. Um, however, in this in this case, I, I don't think it was right to to award the penalty at that time at that point in the game as well. Um, but you know, Leicester Leicester looked good for top four still. Uh, Leicester are, uh, uh, do you know what? I, I really like Brendan Rodgers. I think, obviously, he, the, the season that he got sat from Liverpool, he didn't necessarily have a bad season, really. But because the expectations of Liverpool had grown because of the great season that he had the season before, he was kind of destined to lose that job. And I don't want to discredit Leicester because, obviously, Leicester won, won the Premier League. Certainly, in fact, they've won it more recently than Arsenal have. But uh, we'll save oh, that for a, <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast. Um, but but I think he he, he deserves a, a big job. His next job deserves to be a big job. Look, he went to Celtic to rebuild. I could go to Celtic and win the league, but he deserves a big job. I like him. I think he's a very good manager. Yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a top quality manager. And to be honest, if I was him, and I'd just conceded that last minute penalty, I would have turned around to Klopp and said, "Your rent's going up by seventy <laughs> <laughs> percent." It's either that or I'm selling the house. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I forgot the um, I forgot he rents the house off Rogers. Yeah. I, I remember reading an article that um, certainly in the northeast and the northwest, um, where you know, kind of Liverpool. Manchester is uh, around that sort of area. There's a lack of, uh, as as it was written, luxury homes, um, and footballers are having to move further out or they're having to rent off of other footballers because there just aren't any luxury properties left to left to buy. Which is amazing because you know if you could if you could get your hands on a plot of land and you could you know build a five bedroom detached house for you know, half a million quid, you'll be able to sell it in, in no time at all for, you know, a lot more than that. Um, interesting, interesting fact. Um, but I completely forgot that Rogers, Rogers is his landlord. There we go. Yeah. I mean, to be, I mean, to be fair, Mourinho stayed in the, uh, the Lowry hotel for about, yeah, did. for the, for the entirety yeah. of his Manchester United contract. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, do you know what it is? Um, it's it's definitely it's definitely crazy. I mean, what what happened to uh when all the all the players used to lodge yeah, together, together for real. back in the day? But um yeah, I mean moving on from that, I think the West the West Ham VAR call was was incredibly hilarious to me because I was I was watching that game and as soon as the the, the linesman put his flag up for Jordan Ayew's goal, I was sitting there thinking that's a goal. Why are you putting your flag up? Perfect good goal. Then it goes to VAR, and you can see that Ryan Fredericks' knee plays plays. Um, I think it was Kelly on side oh, who plays yeah. the ball. It's a, yeah. And sitting in a pub full of West Ham fans, when when the, the Crystal Palace goal was awarded, and I started cheering. Well, you can imagine it didn't it 
didn't exactly end well. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine it didn't end well. And to be honest, I'm quite quite pleased it did end well. And I'm surprised that you're here able to, to talk openly about that experience without without needing assistance. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's there's some things you do do. And there's some things you don't. Um, <laughs> do do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, there we go. Sh- showing your age there, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I'm, e- I'm easily entertained. Yeah, I'm not well, imagine. You're a gooner. You no. don't need to tell me that. Yeah, when was the last time Charlton were in the Premier League? Oh, doesn't Probably matter. Probably before I was born, actually. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Oh, wait, no, 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 because Dan Percy scored that screamer against you. Oh, uh, he did. That's the best goal I've seen live as well, actually. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I mean, um, all, jo- all jokes aside, West Ham won a run of six games unbeaten at home. Um, well, I mean, they're, they're still, they're, they're, I, I would say that they're still in for, for a good season. Do you know what? Yeah. They're one of the teams that I love to hate, and I love to hate them for a number of reasons, but... I find it very difficult to find negative adjectives to use against them this season. I think Haller's doing really well. Yarmolenko's come back, breath of fresh air. And and they've actually got a decent a decent little team. And I I mean I don't really rate Pellegrini as a as a manager per se, but he's got on playing some decent football, he's getting results and you know, it's good to good to see him doing well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean they're doing well, but when it comes to January and they've got four or five injuries, that's when we see the real West Ham. Yeah, that is the thing. And and that's one of the reasons I love to hate them, because I remember a couple of seasons ago, maybe two or three, in fact, probably more closely to, to three or four, I guess, they were in the Champions League places at Christmas. And the absolute scenes at West Ham or from every West Ham fan oh we're in the top four we're going to finish in the Champions League this is our year I think they ended up finishing 13th and you know that just A it makes me laugh but B you know I think B I think think I've definitely got a story to top that one go on Um, final season at the bowling ground finishing the Europa League places and then the following season, first season at the Olympic Stadium, they're in the Europa League qualifiers. Oh, I can't remember. remember the name of the team. I'm sure it was like the, the name. That's the one. They got beaten by a car. Yeah, Astra. Two years <laughs> in a row. They got back into the Europa League following season as well and still got beat by the same team. Yeah, just, I remember. Like, uh, it was just amazing. Because all I, all I saw was the same image of the Europa League badge with West Ham's logo on the front of it. They just couldn't help but laugh. Because <laughs> it weren't going to happen. Like it was just <laughs> why don't kid yourselves, please. Uh, it's, it's, it's West Ham, I'll probably say about eight to nine of the players that started those Europa League qualifiers aren't even at the club anymore. Yeah, I think Nobsy's one of the one of the ever presents. That's that's one thing I did want to talk about, and that's that's the the performances and the the sheer brilliance of Mark Noble. Now I might not be a West Ham fan, but I I would probably be right in saying he's the best centre midfielder to never play for England. Um, you know, I think certainly a few years ago I would have I would have had him up there for sure. I think you know he's he's a local boy. I grew up obviously not not far away from where he did. I actually went to the same school as him and. 
the the school absolutely breaded him, loved him off, had his signed youth England tops all over the walls and, you know, tried to use it as motivation. Um, but I remember he broke through the youth teams at England level with a, another player called Nathan Ashton that also went to the same school. And he was at Charlton, believe it or not. He was a left back. And Martin Noble, still in the Premiership, still captain of West Ham, still putting in good performances. Uh, Nathan Ashton sitting in prison for robbery. Uh, so, um, you know, he's, he's, he's done really well for himself and he's, he's, still, he's still doing well. I wouldn't, you know, necessarily say he's the best midfielder to never play for England, but then off the top of my head, I can't really think of any others. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll give you it. I think he's certainly a very capable I mean, player, very consistent over the years. This is because if you look at West Ham, but by the Man City game, because that was a write-off for a minute one anyway, if you look at the games that West Ham have played this season and the games they've won and lost, every single game that they've lost has come when Mark Noble hasn't started. Because he is the glue at that club. Yeah. I was just uh, casting my mind back to to the games that they have won. Um, and, and, and I think you're right. He's one of those players that is not really an enigma. He's not a creative genius. He's not a defensive maestro. He's not going to pick out passes. But what he will do is everything at an above average level. And he'll put his heart and soul into into absolutely everything. And, and you, need, you absolutely need players like that. And, and they're the I sort mean, of players that yeah. you miss when they're not there. You know, you can you can replace some creativity with some hard work. But, you know, creativity is not going to win you games if you haven't got the, you know, the grit, the determination and the heart behind him. And yeah. when, when that's on the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the point that you're trying to get across is he doesn't do the difficult things, but he does the simple things really well. Yeah, exactly That's, that. He's he's never gonna drop the shoulder, little roulette spin, Meg through you know the centre centre midfielder. But what he will do is exactly what you said. He'll he'll get the ball, he'll move it, he'll win it back, and he'll work hard. And uh, and that's what you need. You need people like that. Absolutely. Um, where to move on to now? We've done Tottenham. We've done Arsenal. We've done United. Um, Norwich. Um. Norwich won Aston Villa five. Yeah. Um, interesting result. I mean, I don't think I saw that one coming. Um, I, I, to be fair, I, if I was to predict it, I would have given it. I would have given a score draw on that one. But um, Aston Villa come out of the blocks quick and punished Norwich. And I think the only Nor- yeah, the only goal Norwich got back was when a pass yeah, was under- a, to the keeper. Yeah, it was a mistake. They're, yeah, they're, they're, Aston Villa basically created the goal for Norwich to score. Yeah. It was a gift. Uh, I mean, the goals that Villa did score were actually very good. And I was watching that game with particular interest uh, for a reason that, you know, you brought to my attention, actually, Ben, was I I know one of your friends works in uh, a bookies and somebody put on, was it what, a 20 team accumulator? Yeah. And I mean, you, 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 you know the story, so I'll let you tell it. But how gutted is that person right now well it's <laughs> uh, listen i wouldn't want to be him right now because there wouldn't be a lot of things left in my house because i would have broken everything <laughs> <laughs> but but, but you know, it's difficult because you know he's, he's he's still better off he's still he's still got a substantial amount of money but 
how much did he leave on the table? That's <laughs> that's heart wrenching. It's 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 a funny one, but um, obviously the reason I brought the game up was because of um, Norwich's Norwich's real dip in form since beating the champions. Hey, uh, there we go. So it was it was Norwich that beat Man City, and we couldn't think of it. And how could we forget? Because that, that was, was an amazing uh, result. Hey. But yeah, I mean, ever since they beat Man City, they, they, they've been leaking goals left, right, and centre. They can't even buy a win. I think they've changed their goalkeeper twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's difficult. I like I like Daniel Fark. Um, you know, I think he had them playing some really attractive football in the Championship. And, and they were confident. They were used to winning. They knew how to win. And they started the Premier League season really, really well. And, and it just reminds me of, I think it was the first season Burnley were in the Premier League. Uh, at Christmas, they were something like eighth or ninth. And they ended up getting relegated. I think sometimes you come into the league, you're used to winning, you do perform well. And when you start losing, and it's not as easy as you thought it was, sometimes you just don't have the players within the squad to help get you out of that hole. Um, more time it's due to, yeah, I guess, the inability to adapt. You, you're so used to playing a certain way that when you're asked to do something different, you, you just can't. And, and I, I don't want Norwich to, you know, kind of fall out of uh, the Premier League. I think if they can, you know, find some performances from somewhere their football is attractive enough to warrant a place in in, in the best league in, in England, but I can I can see it going the same way, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did get relegated. But you know, I I, I don't really want to see it, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I mean, the one thing to be said about Norwich was, I think their most notable purchase in the summer transfer window was um, Sam Byram from West Ham, a fullback. Yeah. Um, and for a team coming into the Premier League, bearing in mind, I think Sam Byron played a, a grand total of about three Premier League games for West Ham. Um, the lack of the lack of Premier League experience on the pitch is is extremely worrying. I mean, the only person I, I think the only person in their team that has a lot of Premier League experience is their goalkeeper Tim Krull, who is you know is currently out injured. So I think Norwich fans will be looking at looking at the fixtures and thinking where where the next win is going to come from. Yeah, and, and that's, at this moment you know, in time, they're not performing at the level that's required to to compete in this league. Yeah, and and I'm sure I'm sure the players are looking at the fixtures, thinking where's the next win coming from as well. And that's that's when it becomes problematic because instead of you know entering games kind of ca- not carefree but with a bit of optimism, you're, you're now kind of defeating yourself before you start because you're thinking you know oh that's a tricky place to go to or you know, they'll beat us on that performance, etc. And, and it's it's just a mindset and a mentality that that breeds further negativity. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, Norwich are on a bit of a slide. Um, Newcastle haven't been too great. Um, it really is, you know, the the put it this way, the top four is going to be a lot easier to predict than the bottom three this season. Because you know, any anyone at the moment, anyone from tenth down to twentieth is is in with a with a threat of getting relegated, and that that includes Manchester United. And I was looking at the odds last night, and um, Manchester United are only a hundred to one to get relegated now. That's uh, ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it's not going to happen, but 
it, it, it is ridiculous. But it'll be well, such a... if they if they stick with Oli, anything's possible. It's it's one of those things. Like obviously, I think the, the the capability within the Man United squad is at a higher level than you know West Ham's, for example, when they had the squad that was too good to go down. Um, but United won't go down. They won't go down. I'll I'll eat I'll eat my hat if they go down. Yeah. Um, well, it's uh well we're into into an international break now, so um, you get to take take a bit of a breather away from the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we are, we are the winging it podcast. We don't just talk about football, even if that is our, our main, our main thing that we do talk about. Um, couple of things, uh, recently is obviously UFC. So, um, Israel Adesanya, the last style bender, knocking out <laughs> the, the champion, Robert Whittaker in the second round. Yeah. To secure the, the, um, undisputed middleweight, championship in the ufc um which was which was it was a brutal knockout it was left hook because he, he, he's cool the thing is with me is like, i was watching it and i was like wick has got off a good shot there and the counters just stunned him and after he's been stunned he's just in trouble yeah it's lights lights out really wasn't it um yeah I didn't expect him to do it so quickly, um, but but what what has I suppose tickled me a little bit was uh, Whitaker's come out and and said you know I still think I could I could beat him if we fought him again, and you know let's let's not forget that he was also dropped at the end of the first round as well, uh, but but UFC is one of those sports where you know a, a, anything can happen and, and quite often it, it does happen, but but I think. You know what's 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 his 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 stats now? Is it something like seventeen and 18 and 18 Eighteen and zero after two years in the U- and he secured the belt after just two years in the UFC. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a capable fighter, that's for sure. No, absolutely. Um, I mean, what else has been happening recently? Oh, Hooker. Um, who who did Hooker have a fight with? Um, I don't know. I don't think I watched that one. Um. Uh, I thought I fell asleep and woke up for the main event. To be fair, well, <laughs> at least you've done it that way round. I've I've watched a lot of prelims and then fell asleep for the main event. So <laughs> at least you've done it the right way round. Well, as long as one of us covers it, it's it's not too bad. But um, I mean, a couple, couple of interesting fights coming up. Um, you've got Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal for the baddest motherfucker, motherfucker. in the world title. Yeah, I saw that. Um, who else have we got? Darren Till is fighting somebody supposed to be Darren Till looks like a fucking beast. He looks like an animal going into this fight, but the only thing that concerns me is even he's come out and said that um, he has struggled with confidence because obviously he come into the UFC with this like no fucks given attitude. Yeah. And when the way the way he got knocked out by Jorge Masvidal. Said it kind of knocked his confidence a little bit. Yeah, and it would do. Um, you know, probably hurt his hurt his faith as well. Let's let's be honest. Just a little bit. <laughs> Dan Hooker for Al Aquinta. Al Al Aquinta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who won that one? Uh, Hooker decision. Wow. Yeah, I know. Big. Uh, Wasn't Al Aquinta was. challenging for the title? Not yeah, long. recently was. Yeah, the lightweight. Um, you know that was the co-main event. So. You actually did wake up just in time. 
Wow, that's that's crazy. Because uh, Ally Quinton was all for calling out Conor McGregor recently. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, to be honest, if you can't be if you can't be someone like Hooker, I mean, but, but don't don't ever mention Conor McGregor's name. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because okay, yes, McGregor hasn't had the best time of late with his off with outside of the ring, uh, sorry, outside of the cage and and with the results that he's had. But don't don't ever forget that it doesn't matter what division he fights in or who he fights. He will draw big numbers. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Just he hasn't who won. He, is. he hasn't won in the UFC for three years, and he's still. I think he's twelfth in their pound for pound rankings. Yeah. And and and, that, and that's for someone that hasn't won in three years. And and you know, Al Quinta lost to Dan Hooker, whose record is nineteen and eight. So I think he's you know he, he wins two and loses one. Um, half, wow. Half, yeah. Um, so it's not uh, it's not an amazing platform to you know start calling out the the, the money man of the division, but you know a- anything can happen. I- I'd like to think that McGregor's going to fight Khabib in Moscow, but I I just can't see I just can't see how McGregor gets out of Moscow alive to, to be honest. So um, you know I think there'd have to be a heck of a lot of money on the line for for that fight to happen in Moscow. To get McGregor back in the cage, you're gonna to have to have a hell of a lot of money on the line. Yeah, that's that's true actually. Because I'd, I'd very much he made nearly like sixty million dollars from the from the Mayweather fight, so the numbers have got to be coming close to that to to let himself yeah. get back in the cage and get punched in the face for five yeah. rounds. that's the thing. It's a lot. Um, it's a lot less taxing on the body, isn't it? It's a lot less painful as well. That um, and that and the fact he's got two kids now, he could he could happily retire. But oh, of uh, course. Of course, I mean any any of the top athletes could could happily retire. Um, you know, I, I always think the same about Anthony Joshua. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him to win the rematch against Andy Ruiz, but if he doesn't, he's got a heck of a lot of money. Why why even fight again? What why even do it? Yeah, no, for, for real. Um, I think there, there were there was some talk about Conor McGregor coming back in December to fight. Um, I think it was the last the last card of the year, maybe. But um, I mean, to be honest, there's been no, there's been no real confirmation from McGregor's side or, or indeed from the UFC that, that that's in the works or that's going to happen. So it's just. I, I'd of... like to see him fight Nate again. I think Nate would beat him. I think there's definitely a trilogy fight to be made there because it's one-one. Um, but I think it's a case of is 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 McGregor versus Diaz three going to generate the same numbers as McGregor versus Khabib two? No, but. You know, McGregor is is Dana White's you know little baby, I guess. Love child. Um, yeah, he's exactly, love child. Exactly that. And you know, what's gonna generate more money for the UFC kind of long term? Is it is it McGregor losing again, or or is it him picking up a win? And you know, obviously it's him picking up a win, and he's got a better chance of doing that, I think, against Nate Diaz than he has against Khabib. I think but, McGregor's best chance at a win and a belt. Would be going back down to featherweight, yeah, taking that title off Max Holloway. Max Holloway is 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 an odd one because I look at him and, and he doesn't do anything amazingly well, but he's solid kind of all round. Uh, and obviously when he stepped up against uh, the guy that just lost to Khabib, Dustin um, Poirier. Poirier, there we go. Um, you know, Poirier was just too big for him. That's that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and he, and he made Holloway look look you know crap for a couple of rounds but then Holloway had a couple of um decent spells in the fight but I, I just can't see how Holloway could beat McGregor 
I mean, I the just... thing the thing that makes me laugh, right, is because all these fighters are up and coming in the division. So Dustin Poirier at lightweight, uh, Max Holloway at featherweight. Um, let's let's take a look at Dustin Poirier. McGregor picked the round and the punch that he was going to beat Poirier with, and delivered on it. And then the same the same with Max Holloway. He beat Max Holloway with one knee. He had a ruptured ACL, and he still got in the cage and beat him on point. Um, beat him on the, from a through decision. Like, I think if McGregor if McGregor comes back to the featherweight division, I I would give him two fights and he'd be the champion again because Matt he, McGregor has too much power in his punches for anyone in that in that featherweight division. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I think I think he needs to he he, needs, he just needs to get a win. Well, he needs to fight. That's what he needs to do. He needs to fight a bit more regularly than he has done. But who can blame him for not fighting? He's got all this money, you know, all this. Uh, sponsorship is it, it's, it's got you know social life that's you know kind of very very jam-packed and, and almost he hasn't got time for fighting even though you know fighting is what's allowed him to I to think yeah the only, the only reason we haven't seen him in a cage this year is because he's done a charity boxing uh, match for the the first ever boxing club he went to and he broke his hand yeah and it obviously needed surgery in the recovery time He's only just had the cast off and he's he's been sparring again. But um, it's it, it's definitely going to be an interesting 2020 for Conor McGregor. Um, we just have to wait wait and see what happens. Uh, one thing to mention: um, KSI versus Logan Paul two. What's your take on it? Um, do, do you know what? I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, I didn't get caught up in the hype the first time round. So. I didn't watch it on. I definitely didn't pay to watch it on YouTube. Um, I didn't even watch it on YouTube for at least a year or eighteen months after it happened um, because I thought KSI was a twat. I'd never heard of Logan Paul. Um, you know, it was just two YouTubers fighting on YouTube. Yeah, done substantial numbers, but it just didn't interest me at all, right? And you know, so, sometimes I get onto YouTube and and I go there for you know three minutes or four minutes to watch a specific video. And then two hours later, I'm just absolutely consumed and I'm lost in the realms of videos and content that's out there. And, and I came across the fight and I thought, this is going to be shit. But, but I watched it and it, it, it wasn't actually that bad. Um, you know, they, they definitely weren't at a high level, but they were better than I expected them to be. And it was, it was you know, kind of easy to watch, actually. They, they were going for knockouts. Uh, there wasn't very much kind of head movement, and and it was toing and froing. It was it was it was a good toe to toe battle, and both fighters had had successes. And and so now I think without the head guard with smaller gloves, I can see there being a you know kind of highlight real knockout e- either way. And I think it's it's going to generate more uh, I goes kind of exposure popularity more interest uh, a different audience to boxing and 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 that can only be can only be a good thing i guess so you know i think it's i, I think it's i think it's good um I'll, I'll i'll watch it for sure no for sure um i mean <clears throat> with 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 the fight i mean the first fight I, I wasn't interested that you know this whole youtube boxing thing is just it's just a money ploy by by those guys to be able to use the, their their popularity and their stature to to generate extra revenue in, revenue streams, and uh, you know all right fair enough I'm, I'm for you making wanting wanting to make money but it's not something that I'd be interested in myself, but then 
you know, I think I'm the same as a lot of boxing fans. As soon as you see Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Sport picking up on it, you're kind of like, all right, Eddie Hearn's not an idiot. Like, there, yeah, he's, he's not, got he's, he's got an angle here. And um, I was looking at I was looking at Twitter and, and the statistics today, and um, apparently the press conference that was at Troxine uh, Commercial Road, yeah, um, had over a million viewers. Yeah, currently. For it was for a yeah. live stream of a press conference. It was an and hour and a half long as well. Yeah, and apparently they sold three and a half thousand tickets. Yeah, they did. Press that's, conference. That's, that's capacity for Troxy as well. Yeah, but, you know, like, three and a three, When do you ever see that many tickets sold? Put, put it into comparison, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, to, to be honest, they don't usually sell tickets for press conferences. So the fact that they're able to generate revenue from the press conference alone. No, 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 no. The press conference was free to attend. But obviously, you needed to have a ticket to get to, 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 to enter. And it, yeah. But even, you know, I think I was watching um, a video of Eddie Hearn straight after the press conference. And he said, like, even for a top world title fight, they don't get that many people to a press conference. No, free or not? no, of course. Yeah, no, agreed. And 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 what I was gonna say is, you know, if they got a million viewers online watching that press conference, right? To put that into comparison, when Tyson Fury fought Deontay Wilder, they sold three hundred and thirty thousand. Um, that that's the numbers it done on. Uh, you know, three hundred and thirty thousand people paid to watch the. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury fight. And you're getting three times the number. Granted, it was the press conference and it was three, three, but three times as many people watched that press conference than they did the Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder fight. That, um, it's, it's incredible. And, um, you know, also, look, at the end of the day, you know the fight, the hype is building for this fight because um, Sky Sports have just announced that they are going to be the British... The, the British broadcasting partner for the fight. Um, and obviously they'll be charging 9.95. And and look, at the end of the day, like I said, Eddie Hearn's not an idiot. You've got uh, Billy Joe Saunders fighting on that card. Defending yeah, his title. of course. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I was going to say to you, Ben. You know, the, the only thing that I can see as a, as a negative, I guess, and, and even though it, it can be looked as a positive, um, especially for Billy Joe Saunders, because he's, he's a very good boxer, right? But, historically he's not been a very good person um so outside of the ring he's a, been a bit of a twat he gets involved in you know a lot of fucking things that he shouldn't do drugs um you know kind of muggy videos so i don't know if you've seen there's a video of him a few times actually um where he drives past uh, quite you know obvious i want to call them crackheads but that's not <laughs> that's not a nice way to say it but um you know quite obvious drug users and he'll he'll say things like you know look you you want some you want some crack I'll give you you know three hundred quid's worth of crack if you go and slap that geezer there and and they and, and they go and do it and and he gets fines you know we're talking substantial fines as well two hundred and fifty thousand three hundred thousand pound fines he has been a bit of a twat outside of the ring um, so for him I guess it's a good opportunity in front of a massive massive audience to showcase a different side to him right but. As a professional boxer, how would you feel being the undercard of that fight, of a KSI Logan Paul fight? How would you feel? Listen, You're the undercard. Do you know? Do you know what it is for me? As 
a boxing it's hard because you're a fan if i was a boxer and someone said okay cool we can put you on a um put you on a, on a main event card in chicago against one of their fights blah 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 whatever we're going to give you 25 grand for that fight and you'll be defending your belt okay what's the other option okay you're going to fight in la on the undercard of these these youtuber guys um we're going to pay you 60 grand for the fight but you're going to be on the undercard defending your belt. 60 grand, uh, you say? What time have we got to be there? It's, yeah, it's no, very simple. It. It's, it's financial. At the end of the day, there's only so there's only so long you can take punches to the face for. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get you know, that. I do, I do get that. But then you saw, like, David Chisora, when he was going to fight Joseph Parker, was furious that he wasn't, you know, to kind of top of the bill. And he's not a world champion. You know, he's coming off... You know, a decent win, I guess, but consecutive losses prior to that. And he was upset that he wasn't the, you know, the, the main card. In, I'm, in, I'm not in, being in funny. We've sworn, quite, we've sworn quite a lot on this podcast. But I have to say, Derek Chisora is a dickhead. And he's I, a dickhead for years. <laughs> I can't disagree with you. Um, Ever since I was a kid, I haven't liked that guy. <laughs> He, he he's he's one of those guys. He's a bit of a, as you said, he's a bit of an arsehole. Um, you know, he wants to spit at people, pour water at this person, slap that person, throw a table, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and you know, I don't know. I just I, I'm I'm warming to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm warming to him. I don't know why. Yeah, well, I'm I'm never gonna warm to him. I just think he's an arsehole. Yeah, he, he is an asshole. I'm not going to defend. For him. me, he is, in my personal opinion, he's bad for British boxing. I mean, yeah, I think there's worse people for British boxing, but I I, I agree with you. He's Who's not. worse than him. Do you know what? There's there's been a few. You know, there's a guy called Cash Alley who fucking bites opponents in the ring. He's I'm talking no. I'm talking now. I'm talking present day. Who is worse than Derek Chisora in British boxing? Well, it depends what you define as uh, as bad, I guess. Oh, there wasn't Derek Chisora the one that flipped the table during his last press conference. Yeah, not not his last one, but his uh, second fight with Dylan White, he threw he threw the table at him. Yeah, he threw the table at him, and then when they filmed their little mini series, the gloves are off, where they basically kind of face each other with a table in between them. And absolutely abuse each other for 30 minutes, um, you know, through a, a glass and then punches at Dylan White. Obviously, he got involved in that ruckus where David Hay knocked him out. And he glassed me. He glassed me. No, he didn't. He punched you and knocked you out. Um, he, he gets involved in, in things and situations he doesn't need to get involved in. That does definitely bring boxing into into disrepute. So, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to argue with you. Um I, I mean, I'm not being I'm not being funny. For me, as a fight as a fighting fan, as a fighter, um, yeah. as a fighting fan, get out of here, that fighter. That's, that's why you're cheering Palace goals in front of West Ham fans. And I mean, I mean, to, to be yourself. fair, if you want to talk about fighter, there's there's a few videos of you that we could we could post up on the wing in Instagram. I right, do it. <laughs> Show, do showing it. showing your your uh, Andy Ruiz impression. Hey, I'm telling but, you, I am taking the belts, mate. <laughs> but for me, you know, for me as a fighting fan, the fights I have seen him in, um, Dylan White outclassed him, uh, David Hay outclassed him, Tyson yeah. Fury beat him up so bad his corner had to yeah, quit. Yeah, he quit. 
he quit. That I, I don't like. I don't like that. You, you are right. I mean, he's 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 lost eight times. So, you know, there's 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 numerous opponents that he's lost but to. Then, he, he, but then the the opponents that he's won against, who 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 are the opponents of note that he's actually won against? Anyone that that's won a title? He won against himself. There you go. That's yeah. That's probably that's probably the height of his career. If he, be honest. He has fought his inner demons and, and come out on top. Um, no, you you you're right. Look, when you when you assess his actual resume and his record, I, I'm not saying he's is a good fighter, by the way. Um, I think he's you know kind of above average for you know kind of I, I guess the the heavyweight scene in the UK is you know kind of top four or five. But you know that doesn't mean is is a good fighter to be honest. But as as a person, he's uh, I don't know. I'm just warming to him. I think you get what you get with him. There's you know no kind of charade, no masquerade. He's he just he's just down the middle. And some people like that. Some people don't. I'm I'm not defending him. He, he is an arsehole. So you are right. Um, but is is a nice arsehole. That just sounds weird. It did sound weird, and it it sounded weird in my head before I said it. But men have got the opposite trait to women. Women can think of something to say and then not say it. But me, once it's in my head, it's 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 there. It's as good as said. So I just say it. Well, I mean, at least we both know it's out there for public consumption now. I guess. There we go. You can publicly but... consume Derek Tizora's nice arsehole, people. There you go. Yeah. Well. It... <laughs> even had to respond to that oh my god and um, that ladies and gentlemen concludes the podcast i think we have to end it there before <laughs> before spotify doesn't let us post anymore yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a good point but um yeah i mean if you did if you did enjoy the podcast um make sure to let us know um obviously twitter wing winging pod instagram winging pod facebook is the winging it podcast um we are going to be starting a blog in the next few weeks. Um, you know, to be honest, it all depends how busy we are with work and football stuff. Obviously, me and Ben, me and Ben are working with um, Lamor Gardens this season, so uh, shout out to them. We'll be doing quite a bit of work with them, off and on the pitch, hopefully. Mm. Um, off the pitch. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. But yeah, I mean, big big shout out to them. Uh, big big shout out to, to Boss Ben, who runs them. But um, yeah, if hey, you hey, hey, while, while we're plugged in and we're shouting out Boss Benj, uh, Lima Gardens do a podcast. Let's not forget that. Views from the Gardens. Again, you can stream it, Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. Yeah, make sure to go and subscribe yeah. to them over at um, yeah, Lima Gardens FC on, on YouTube. And that um, is every Monday, 10 p.m. Yeah, and they, so they, we also have highlights that come out on a Friday as well, don't we? We do. Buy um, more TV. That's on YouTube. Um, I'd I'd say watch the first one. Um, skip over the second, third, and fourth. But the fifth one will be amazing. It will oh, be absolutely. amazing. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, obviously, make sure to make sure to to drop Lamar Gardens a follow. Let them know that we get a podcast sent you. And um, yeah, we'll see you in the next one, guys. Adios. Amigos. <laughs>